Welcome back to the More Than Punk podcast. I'm Sid McKay, and what a week it has been this week. Yesterday we got the new A Day to Remember album, You're Welcome, after what felt like a lifetime. Incredibly dis- divisive album, that one. Uh, a lot of people are quite unhappy. I say a lot of people, I mean people on the internet. It's kind of one of those things, right, where it's like the most vocal people are generally the people that don't like something. So, you know, up in the air. I think it's an awesome album. Um, I think it's very, very different to what anyone was expecting. Seven albums in a band like that doesn't really have a whole lot of different places they can go, if you get what I mean. So they couldn't release Homesick Part 2 because that was never going to fly. So what do they do next? And it makes sense to take more of a left turn. The guys are getting older, they're in their 30s now. You know, they've got different things going on in their lives. People grow, we talk about that on this podcast all the time. People grow and change and what they want from their careers grows and changes. So I think, you know, it's a bold left turn. It's an almost a bring me the horizon, that's the spirit kind of left turn, but not quite all the way there. I think album number eight is probably gonna lean more into this than than usual and I'm looking forward to it I know it's gonna be a long time coming but I'm looking forward to it now this week's show now I've got that out of the way and I really want to talk about that because I think You're Welcome is a fucking awesome album but this week's show Aaron Pauly bassist lead singer of Mice and Men on the More Than Punk podcast what an absolutely awesome dude and man, what a spiritual guy. What a deep-thinking, considerate, thoughtful dude. I mean, the stuff that we talk about in this week's episode is pretty heavy. We dig into, you know, the idea of his legacy. He's obviously been frontman of, of Mice and Men for two albums now. The, this EP is the first of a trilogy. So we talk about what that means for him, what it means for him to be in a band that's got a legacy like that, the things that he's been dealing with in his life recently, from death to impermanence, to that idea that what he creates with this band, will it stand up against the test of time? Will it not stand up against the test of time? Either way, it gives him and the band something to look back on and to think about throughout their lives and the rest of their careers. And this is one of those conversations that you can really only have late at night when it's just, you know, it just feels like it's the two two of you, the world's kind of closed off, it's asleep, it's doing its own thing. We recorded this thing about 11.30 p.m. UK time. So it's a, you know, it's got those deep and meaningful vibes. But I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this week's episode. So I'm going to stop faffing about and I'm going to get you right into it. This is Aaron Pauly from Of Mice and Men talking about his legacy, about impermanence, about permanence, about life and death and his life philosophies. It's a deep one and I really think you're going to love it.
Hey, how are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Dude, thank you for coming and hanging out. I really appreciate it. Am I the last one in a long line? Uh, you are. Oh, so I better be really fucking interesting, right? Uh, you don't have to be, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's preferred, but it's only because it makes for a better show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going through your back catalog today. I realized I've been listening to the band since Second and Sebring came out, which is way longer than I thought, right? Like time wow. just melts away, which got me thinking, though, that you've been in the band like a decade now, right? It's it's I think uh, next year will be a decade. Yeah. Is it? So you're I mean, you're about 22 when you sign up. You're two albums deep as, you know, the man, the front man, plus obviously the EP. Is this the Aaron Pauly legacy? Like, are you how does that feel, man? Oh, I don't know. Uh I just like writing songs and when performing was a thing, I enjoyed that. Um, I don't really, I guess I never think too much about legacy and stuff. I mean, I ponder it sometimes in the grand scheme of like, Oh, I wonder like, you know, I wonder if like Leonardo da Vinci ever thought that people hundreds of years from now, were going to be talking about him. Mm. Um, and I wonder in context of like things like that, but uh, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, of mice and men is the is the sum of its parts, and you know we've been very blessed with a with a long and fruitful career so far, and it's a blessing to be able to create music with my friends. What What did you end up coming up with on the Da Vinci point? Do you reckon he was he was doing that, thinking, yeah, people are going to love this in a hundred years, two hundred years? Uh, I wonder. You know, I really don't know. Part of me thinks that maybe at some points he would consider it and then the other part of me thinks that he was always working on being creative and always creating and i think when you're always in a consistent state of doing and trying to innovate that you're not necessarily you know philosophizing but supposedly he spent a lot of time like uh you know staring at like uh candlelight and stuff so who knows is that is that something you've adopted? Am I, am I just imagining your house just full of candles that you sort of gaze longingly into? Oh no, the candles are just to hide the uh, the smell of our of our little pup. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no. I don't know. You know, I think it's uh, it's kind of funny. I think you know, in terms of how that relates to the EP, you know, it's kind of you know. You, as you get older, you start to recognize uh, impermanence, and you start to mm-hmm. sort of feel, start to sort of feel it as if it's like a feeling, um, and you become kind of accustomed to it. And you learn to live with it, um, and I think that's kind of like the main artery that runs through, you know, the entire EP. So you're you're actually not that much older than me. It's on, it's only like three or four years or something. So I. I guess I, I have that to look forward to in the sense that like I get to face my own impermanence. Um, I mean, obviously you got an EP out of it, but how, what's that been like for you as a person going, actually, you know what, this might, this might not be forever. Like we've got to make it while it lasts and, and then potentially, you know, look at a, a different future. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's hard. I think those becoming acquainted with impermanence means a lot of loss. Mm. Um, you know, I lost my mother-in-law, uh, this last July 
Um, I've lost a lot of friends, you know, musicians in various bands throughout the years, um, relatives and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's it, it, in a way it's kind of like being acquainted with the idea of not touching the stove. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, sometimes the first time you learn to not touch the stove is when you touch the stove, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's not always a comfortable thing to become acquainted with, but, um, unfortunately, you know, they still haven't found the fountain of youth and death is one per customer. So you got to enjoy, you got to enjoy stuff while you're here and you got to enjoy the fruits of today while they're still ripe. You look at a band like Daft Punk that had a three decade long career where they, they not only had a three decade long career, but they made huge sweeping impacts to popular music in every decade of their career. Mm. And they're not a thing anymore (laughs) you know nothing lasts forever I think it's it's important that you um the sooner you can kind of become aware of that I think the the better because you can set your worldview and your expectations accordingly and live a pretty happy life that way I think I, I love that man and you know the Daft Punk point is so interesting because I kind of just assumed, you know, that like similar bands, I mean, obviously Silverstein is still around, but they're one of those bands that you just assume will be there forever. And I I was the same way with Daft Punk. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, you're like, well, why not? And it's in reality, everybody has things going on. You never, ever know what the future is going to hold. And so I think it's important to kind of, you know, stop and smell the roses. Mm, You know, I, I, it's it's funny that we talk about impermanence. I never noticed how fast some bouquets of roses will actually die. I bought my lady, you know, Valentine's Day roses, and mm-hmm. within five or six days, they look, uh, you know, pretty pretty beat. <laughs> you know, and it's and it, and it all it's just kind of you you can start to see those reminders everywhere, and it can it can be sort of a, a gentle sadness, but at the same time, it, it it's sort of bittersweet, you know. You, you mentioned the Fountain of Youth before, and I, I, this is something that I think about because I'm a vain bastard, I suppose. Um, but you know how like everyone says the best days of your life are in your 20s or whatever, early 30s? That's what, probably true. If, if, you, if you had the Fountain of Youth and you could, you could have chosen which sort mm-hmm. of decade of your life you were going to stay in, would you choose one, mm-hmm. of, the, one of the ones you've been uh, in? You mean to like preserve my body in that decade or like to preserve that decade for all eternity? Because those are two very different things. True. Um, you've outfoxed me. I was going with your body in that decade. I would absolutely love to be like a 25, 26 year old again. Yeah. Because I was invincible. Yeah. <laughs> in terms, <laughs> Tell me about it. In, hold on, hold on. In terms of my throat, <laughs> the amount of just I could play for an hour and a half and go out and drink some beers and stay out until two with everybody having fun. And then go to sleep and four hours of sleep, wake up the next day and sing another show. And then you get old and then you're like, man, I got to actually like take a lot of time and warm up and take good care. Um, no, but you know what? Actually, probably not. I don't know. I like aging. I think the, I think the whole human experience is pretty interesting. So yeah. maybe I wouldn't, but I definitely think peak athletic performance is like, 25 to 28 maybe 
<laughs> God, I have missed that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a train wreck on that front. Um, man, that's it's such an interesting point. You know, I've I've always kind of I've, I feel like some things get better as you get older. Do you do you find that with the with the, like of mice and men and and of what the band means and stands for that like it's sort of maturing with you or does it just become a thing on its own after so long oh i think it lives in the minds and hearts of anybody that lets it in mm. so i think i think it's something kind of different to everybody you know what it is for me is probably a little bit different than what it is for you or for anybody else but that's the beauty of art um music is the universal language you know like you've heard that cliche like a billion times <laughs> yeah. but never from you <laughs> I, though so it's fresh and interesting but it's, yeah so there you go it's never been attributed to me but i actually wrote that quote mm -hmm. uh, i'd like i would like you to publish that as fact done um <laughs> but you know it's it's you know what do we use language for we use it for communicating and that's literally what music is it's communication you know going back to your point about releasing EPs, it's like that allows us to kind of keep that communication going in smaller chunks. Think of that as writing text messages rather than writing letters and post, you know, I think as as technology evolves, as human beings sort of consume entertainment in a more on demand way, I think um, we have the resources to create music and do it all on our own and self produce and mix and master and literally do all of that in house. Um, so it's exciting to be able to do that now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And without putting, you know, constraints on the future of OM&M, do you feel like EPs are, are going to be the way that you move? Um, this is the first of a trilogy, so there will be at least two more. Mm. Mm, I think in terms of, will we never release a full length? I definitely wouldn't say that, but I don't know for now, we're just kind of working on these small little snapshots in time and um we're excited to debut them yeah there i mean the the first one i got an advanced copy and I, I i always sound like i'm sucking up when i say this kind of thing but you know euro eminem like we know it's a it's a genuinely good amazing kind of experience it's like capturing all that in so few songs must have been i imagine like was it incredibly focusing or was it kind of a nightmare hmm you know what's funny is you're you're like, I think the third or fourth person to ask me that. And it's ah. really interesting. No, 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 <laughs> listen. No, 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 it's not a bad thing. It's really, really interesting. Because to me, I've always seen it as the opposite. It's mm -hmm. harder for me to try and figure out lyrically, melodically, aesthetically. It's, it's a lot harder to find the thread between 10 songs versus finding that thread between three. Mm -hmm. And so while people have lauded us as being like creatively gifted because we've been able to do this in three songs. And how do you work on three different EPs at the same time? It's really funny because to us, it is so much less pressure and stress. It's just, Hey, let's work on a few songs. Cool. It's not, Hey, let's work on an album, not the A word. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's a, but it's actually really funny because you know we we thrive in the studio like we we love it and so we all became kind of nerdy into our own recording software and just got really into it. You know, I used to produce local bands up in Northern California when I used to sing in my previous band before of mice, 
uh, Jamie's Elsewhere. And it's something that has been fun to get back into to actually like mix and master the new of my stuff. Mm. And it's cool too, because we're all on our own schedules. It's not like, you know, I don't have to like hurry up and rush to make mix notes while I'm out grocery shopping so that we can send them to the mixer so that he can make all the changes. It's like, Oh, I'll just, I'll go home and make a tweak to the mix, <laughs> you know? So it's been, it's been kind of fun. And it's also, it's, it's allowed us to, uh, find some sort of equilibrium in these crazy times, you know? Yeah, I know. That's been something that's been really interesting um, for, I guess, a lot of people. Like, there's that whole thing where, I guess, a year from now, we're going to have the lockdown songs and the, and the lockdown albums and all of that kind of thing. But I feel like there have been certain um, releases, and I would count the new EP as part of this, that sort of hit different because of the time that we're in, you know? Yeah. Like, no, definitely. I think, you know, it's, and it's funny because we definitely didn't write this at all to be reflective of our situation in the pandemic or anything like that. You know, these songs were written um, in early spring, kind of before we all knew that the world was going to be drastically different. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it just had to do with those feelings of things are always changing. You know, the river is always rushing. Um, the wheel in the sky keeps on turning and however many other songs have been written about, you know, time keeps on slipping into the future and we're here for it for a little brief moment. And it's really, really easy to look too far ahead and miss the road you're walking on. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you could look at 2020 as, you know, I lost a form of expression, a form of communication with our fans and, for myself, like I love performing. That's like a, it's, it's self-expression and you can also reframe that and try and focus on, you know, well, uh, instead I gained a lot more time to actually sit and write songs, which is what I originally wanted to do in the first place, you know, mm. so perspectives, everything. Yeah, man, hundred percent. You were just talking then about um, that missing that communication with your fans. And I was talking to the guys in Carpal Tunnel recently. I don't know if you've heard them. They're um, such a good band. They just signed to Pure Noise. And they're all oh, yeah. in their 20s, right? They're like s similar age to you when you got into of Mice. Being in front of people, like such a rabid, passionate fan base. And I get that over time, you sort of, I don't want to sound flippant when I say you sort of get used to it. But how does mm -hmm. it kind of change you as a person or change the way you think about your life? Um, I think you, I think you kind of start to um, understand that the story is so much bigger than you or just your story and that you're not actually as much of a character in the story as a witness in it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, a lot of that comes with, with time and experience. Um, but at the same time, I think there can, there can also be a lot of pressures when you're younger I think when you get older you know for us we've been very blessed to have the career that we've had and at some point there isn't really the stress of oh I gotta make sure our second record's as good as the first one or I gotta mm -hmm. make sure the third one's as good as the second once you're down in like you know Earth and Sky was our sixth album we're just like eh, if they like it's sick if not then they'll find something they like <laughs> <laughs> and and I think, and, and it becomes kind of pure that way. Uh, and again, yeah, and it's not to be flippant or dismissive of our fans or what they hope to get out of our music. Cause you know, it's, it's 
unrealistic to to think that music fans don't have expectations. I know that I certainly do for some of my favorite bands, you know. Not maybe not expectations because we're not like restaurants, it's not like Yelp. But <laughs> but you know, like, but in terms of um things you just want, you know, like, oh, I hope they do something like this. And it sort of hits that sweet spot in your soul and you're just like, yes, like, you know, but um also at the same time you can't chase that because you can't force that and recreate that (laughs) you know um because when you try and you fail all it does is rub people the wrong way like really the wrong way so um that was like that was really tangential but no no it's all all good that's what (laughs) that's what we're here for we've talked about like time and change a lot and one thing i'm always curious about um when you look back to defy and the songs on that album do you feel like you kind of outgrow your songs you get what i mean like they capture a moment in time and then you go back and you sing them and does it feel like it belongs to a different person or is it still kind of deeply within you that sounds super Um, fucking spiritual yeah it's kind of imagine you have a bunch of different things in your apartment you have different furniture and they're placed in different walls and you have different things on those furniture it's like songs are sort of like taking inventory of everything you have and you can look back at some of the things in your bookshelf and go oh yeah I remember when I got that or it reminds me of this moment in my life you know and it's not necessarily that it's like oh that's the bookshelf where I keep all the the old shit that I outgrew but uh, so it, it doesn't necessarily ever feel like you outgrow it, it, but it does feel at times, you know, I definitely feel there are some songs that I don't relate to, um, for better and for worse, you know, mm. there, there are songs like mushroom cloud that I'm very thankful that if I was to sing that on a stage right now, I don't relate to where I was when I wrote that. Uh, and that's a good thing, you know? Uh, that song's about like mental health deterioration and being in a really terrible, vulnerable spot. And it's that song always can remind me of that place without dragging me back there. And at the same time, it's not necessarily like, oh, that's somebody else, you know. I've got one last question for you, dude, and I want to make it a, a big one. Um, what's a moment in time that you've wanted to capture in a song, but you haven't been able to find the words or the music for? Hmm. That's hard. I don't know if there's one specific moment in time. Um, I think it's one thing I wish I could do better is capture the happy moments in my life in, in music. For me, music tends to be something that's kind of therapeutic and cathartic. And it's, it's, it's kind of an expression of, maybe my more aggressive or angry side, you know? Um, I wish I could, it would be fun to sort of tap into the happy because I'm generally a happy person. (laughs) It would, you know, it would be fun to sort of, you know, see, see sort of what that is about. Cause I have, I have so many moments in my life that I can reflect on that I'm very, very blessed. Um, I've lived a very blessed life. You know, it's been very rich with love and experience and um, yeah, so I guess maybe it would be nice to sort of spread out the, uh, the, the colors on the emotional palette a little bit, you know? Yeah, man. There we go. That's album number seven, right? 
Yeah, maybe not for mice. You know, I don't like. Maybe it's not a maybe completely that's not different the scene change. <laughs> you know, but the beauty about me, you know, the beauty of music is you can just make music. You can make music for music's sake. I could make music and release it, or never release it, and it's uh, yeah. So we'll see. Nobody knows what the future holds. Look at that, dude! Thank you so much for coming and coming and hanging out on the show. It has been an absolute privilege honor hey i don't know it's been fun it has seriously it's been uh it's been thoughtful and it's been uh thought provoking and i think that's uh for me doing these for hours i'll tell you what this was fantastic and uh i look forward to coming back when we drop the next dp i can't wait dude have a good afternoon hell yeah brother have a good one bye so there he is aaron paulie bassist vocalist of mice and men probably one of the most defining metalcore bands to come out of the last decade plus i mean their legacy we talked about this a lot during the interview obviously but their legacy is only just getting bigger and for a band like that for any band to survive a lineup change like that to you know be able to keep building on a foundation that already exists is no small feat I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. Aaron is such an awesome and deep thinking guy. This is one of their new tracks from the EP. It's called Timeless. You're on the More Than Punk podcast. Come back next week. We've got some really cool shit lined up for you. Some of it's under embargo, which means I can't talk about it, but I promise you it's going to be as exciting as hell. So make sure you stick around. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that follow button on Spotify. Tweet me at More Than Punk. I'd be keen to hear your thoughts. I lurk around on the Twitter occasionally, so it'd be good to chat. This is Of Mice and Men, Timeless. Thanks for coming and hanging out on the More Than Punk podcast for another week. We'll see you again next Saturday. We've got something real cool lined up. <laughs>